gonemobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to Gone Mobile. In this episode, we're joined by Sahil Verma. How's it going today, Sahil? Good, good. Thank you for asking. Oh, no, it's a pleasure for us to have you on the show. Uh, so so today we're going to kind of talk about and, and dig into to the whole concept of, of deep linking and some of the stuff that you guys are doing over at Branch. Uh, but kind of before we get to the specifics there, uh, why don't we start at the, the very, very beginning. And for anyone who's not really aware or hasn't dealt with deep linking at all, um, like what, what are deep links? Great question. Uh, in the simplest form, deep links are actually just URLs that point to content. Uh, for example, if you read an article on CNN uh, about the election and you copy and paste that link and send it to your buddy, that is actually a deep link. Uh, and then you can apply the same concept on mobile. It's just a link that simply points to content inside your mobile app. So, I mean, like, what, what are people using this for? What, why do we need these deep links and why do we need a service like Branch? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing, there's, there's actually a ton of reasons why you would want to uh, use deep links uh, if you have any type of mobile app. Uh, but the biggest reason is actually user experience. I mean, how many times have you click, uh, got an email from, you know, your favorite mobile app like Nordstrom or ESPN and clicked a link on your iPhone only to be taken to the app and not have that context preserved? Uh, you know, for example, football was played on Sunday. Monday morning, I received the results for all the games and I wanted to see it in the ESPN app. But when I would click and open the app, ESPN would just take me to the main page on the app. And, you know, I kind of lost that context. But it would be so much better with deep links if uh, I clicked the link in the email and was taken to those scores pages right away. Right. So so obviously this is something that's built into, you know, your iOS and Android platforms. You know, they all have their own concept of deep links. Uh, but so how does Branch fit into this picture? What What is Branch adding to the mix here? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my example I gave very, uh, very straightforward on email, but with deep links and with mobile specifically, you have a wide variety of platforms and browsers. So, you know, I, I'm on an iOS device in the Gmail app, but you may have an Android and you may be using Chrome, Firefox, you know, any other platform or the, or, or the Messenger app or Slack. And the thing that Branch does really well is that it is deep links on all mobile platforms, all mobile browsers, and even desktop. It's easy to build deep links on your own, but it's really hard, hard to build them where they just work everywhere. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, you have to consider things like, what if I put a deep link on Facebook? And Facebook has a different way of handling deep links. And the other piece to this is that, yeah, this case works when you have the mobile app installed. But if you don't have the mobile app installed, deep links break with what iOS and Android provides. And that's the other part where Branch comes in, is that even if you don't have the app installed, the deep links will still preserve through the install process. So you kind of get the, the battle-tested uh, works everywhere links uh, with Branch, and you get the deferred piece where if someone doesn't have your app but they install, they'll still get the deep link. So would you say that you're, you're sort of like a, a proxy to all the different platforms for, for deep links? Like do you, uh, you know, how, do you, how does that uh, st- differ from like the standard Google deep links or the standard Facebook deep links? Yeah, I think that's actually a really good way of looking at it. I think, uh, you know, as a as an app developer, the last thing you really want to worry about is I have to implement Google's deep linking and I have to implement Apple's deep linking and then maybe Pinterest and Facebook come up with their own deep linking and I have to implement that. 
And that stuff is tangential to me building my core app experience. Uh, I think you know that's really what Branch does really well is that it says, hey, app developer, don't worry about that. That's our job to focus on you know, Apple's new standard, Android's new standard, uh, you know, Facebook's new standard. We'll encapsulate it all into a nice little link and you just don't have to worry about it. Nice, nice. And and that's definitely something that's notoriously difficult to do, especially if you want to to layer in that whole app store install like pre-processing step into that. So so I'd love to actually dig into how that works a little bit. So so can you walk us through what happens when so a user comes in, they open their email, like you said, they they click a link, they don't have the app installed. Like what is what are they actually being taken to that that's doing this sort of proxying? Absolutely. And and in you know the thing is, it, it's different for everyone. You know, an app developer who just wants people to get into their app, he may choose to tell people or uh, send people to the app store and the Play Store. Whereas someone like Pinterest or Etsy who have a really good mobile website, maybe their intention isn't necessarily to send people to the app store if they send an email with a branch deep link. Maybe they want them to go to the mobile web. So with that context of having flexibility, you know, it's really up to you and and figuring out what your goals are. If you really want Branch to pass that deep link through the, through the install process, you know, through our dashboard, we'll give you the options to do something like that. Uh, you know, I'll send the email and the Branch link, what it'll do is on the time of click, it'll determine if this user clicking, if they already have the app or not. Um, and that's based off of fingerprinting, which we can we can get to a little bit later. But if that fingerprint doesn't succeed, then we'll just go to the app store if it's if we detect that it's an iOS um, device and we'll go to the Play Store if it's if it's an Android device and et cetera down the list of different devices and then based off of that if the user decides to install and open you know we'll be able to close the loop there and give them the deep link right so what's actually happening there is then your the 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 initial link that a user sees is to a website on your end and then that's what's using your backend services to kind of proxy them out to wherever it needs to go is that right Exactly. Cool. So then, yeah, you mentioned that that fingerprinting step, and and I'm curious to to kind of dig into that a little more to know how you like a how you know like that a user has the app installed or not if you've seen them before or not, um, and also just how foolproof that sort of thing really is because I can imagine like that's where things get pretty complicated from like even the little bit I've done digging to try and implement some of this stuff myself. <laughs> no, you're totally right. You really hit the nail on the head because. It seems it's it's a pretty tough problem to solve, uh, and really, it only gets easier when you achieve this sort of critical mass. So l- let me start by explaining, you know, fingerprinting. It's the concept of dropping a cookie on mobile Safari on your iPhone or Chrome on Android on your device uh, on on, on a, a domain that we branch control, and, and if you were going to build this yourself on the domain that you control. Uh, once we drop that cookie. Users take into the App Store or the Play Store when our backend service routes them to that um, uh, App Store or Play Store. Uh, when they install and open the app for the first time, our SDK collects the device level ID and sends it up to our backend service. Uh, we use some uh, some attributes to to match a user, such as IP, location, uh, user agent, country, and locale. Uh, if if we see that someone with the same fingerprint on the app clicked with two hours before on the browser, we'll match that cookie we dropped with the hardware ID that we got from the app through the SDK, and we'll create a pair. And that allows us to know uh, or fingerprint a user. 
And really the race is to collect all those fingerprints because once you know someone, once you've seen them before, if they click a branch link in the future, we'll, we'll already have that cookie placed on, the, on our domain. So we know, okay, well, we, we've matched this person before. We know who they are. Uh, and we can pair them up. And so the race is basically to collect all those fingerprints. Uh, and the issues that come with it is that, you know, let's say we're at a conference and everyone's behind the same Wi-Fi and everyone has an iPhone 7 uh, running iOS 10. You know, in that case, if there are 100 people clicking at the same time, that's where matching kind of starts to get a little fuzzy. You know, there's a higher probability for collision. And that's that's to be expected. But, you know, again, how often are you in that scenario? You know, out in the wild when someone's on the train and, you know, they, they click a branch link to download an app, there's a good there's a good chance almost over 90% that they're going to get matched. If you're at a conference, those numbers obviously dwindle. Okay. And yeah, I'm just trying to like think through and make sure that I'm I'm kind of understanding the the flow there. And it sounds like there's a bit of an order of operations kind of dependency there as well, right? If if I'm kind of understanding that. So if you like if you say that I have an existing app already that has some basic deep linking or or something and then I want to layer in branch not right from the start, like am I doing something within my app when the user happens to pull it up that says, "Hey, Hey, Branch, here's this user's information so that if they click a link, you know who they are. Mm, it's kind of it's kind of something like that. It's more that Branch is letting you know that this person came from this link that they clicked. And so I guess if, if, if we're taking it from the app developer's perspective, the app developer is also creating these deep links. And when someone clicks those links and installs and opens the app through the branch SDK, we're delivering that data to you saying, hey, this person that just came in, this is the link they clicked, this is the analytics information, this is all that stuff. It's up to you to really make that decision and then route them to the existing deep link as you wanted. That makes sense. So this sounds like there's at least a little bit of overlap with uh, like Google's app indexing. <clears throat> um, how, do you guys utilize any of that at all? Or like how, how does it compare with that? And, and you know, can I, as a developer, implement both in my app, or how does that work? Right, absolutely. Uh, funnily enough, yeah, we do actually uh, uh, have a toggle on our dashboard that uh, allows you to basically take all the branch links you've created and format them up so that way we can send them over to Google for app indexing. So the more links you create with branch, the better results you'll have with Google app indexing. And there is a little bit of overlap because it's kind of the same thing. You're you're packaging up your app's content, whether it's articles, uh, e-commerce products, you know, whatever, and you're creating deep links and, through branch links. And when you turn on Google app indexing, you're also creating these maps of your data that Google can harness and then display on their app results. It's really a win-win because it's taking your app content and exposing it to the world. So when, when I enable app indexing, and uh, like my results show up in the Google search results and the user clicks on a link there, does that then send it back over to branch to kind of figure out what to do from there? Is that how that works? It, uh, in, the, in this case, that's actually Google. Google's uh, basically designing... But, but, but does the, the link that, that Google index or that Google points to after you click it, does that you know, kind of go to branch to, to be the intermediary at that point? Uh, I see. Yeah, no, in that case, it's still it's still not going to be branch. That one's actually going to be, or excuse me, sorry. Yes, that one's going to be branch. 
Cool. So, so I mean, we mentioned kind of in passing uh, iOS and, and Android there. Like, are those the, the two platforms that you basically support for being able to link out to? Or is there anything else? Yeah. Um, one of the good things about uh, having links be kind of on your product is that support doesn't just stop at iOS and Android. And in theory, it could expand to any new platform that comes up. So, uh, and this is why branch links are, you know, a pretty good growth tool because if you're ever going to plan to support other platforms, at least the links will work on uh, BlackBerry, Windows, uh, even Amazon Fire. I mean, believe it or not, uh, we have partners that uh, ask, you know, can you support Amazon Fire tablets, which are a separate beast compared to Android. Cool. And you mentioned, I remember you mentioning Facebook in passing too. Like, is there anything that you're doing that like detects that someone's clicking a link from Facebook that lets you take them, say, to a Facebook app instead of, uh, you know, an iOS app or an Android app as well? Interesting. Uh, you know, and that's that's one of the powers of, of the branch uh, links, actually. If you wanted them to go to a Facebook app, you could actually configure the branch link to say, all right, well, if they're, uh, uh, you know, if they're clicking, send them to this Facebook app or this Facebook app inside Facebook. But you can't uh, do it in a way where it's like, if it's a click on Facebook, send them this way. It's more platform. And then you kind of decide where the and route is. That's fair. Yeah, that was just one where I wasn't sure if Facebook would even give you any information there or, if, you know, there, there are limits. To, like you, you're, you're, you can only be as, as smart as the input you're given. So I was just curious where that kind of stood. Absolutely. And so on the, the same, you know, the train of Facebook, uh, this is a little bit different of a topic, but still Facebook related. Uh, they, a while back, released their app links standard, right? Or that was kind of done by them in a different foundation. How does Branch integrate with that? Good question. Uh, as Greg mentioned earlier, uh, you know, when our, when our Branch links are, are created, we have, we have this backend service that renders some client-side JavaScript, you know, a little bit technical, sorry, but... Uh, it's the same concept with Facebook. Uh, with Facebook's app link tags, all we need to do is just add those app link tags into our backend service that renders the templates. And as a result, the branch link is able to accommodate app links. And you know, this is really like one of the really cool pieces about uh, uh, branch links working just anywhere. It's just the modification of that template. We've incorporated this new standard by injecting that app link tag in the JavaScript. And then we are, excuse me, we're also doing the same thing with Twitter and Pinterest. And it's kind of going back to what I mentioned earlier. App developers want to grow their app. And these are all these different standards they need to grow their app. You know, Pinterest is going to come out and say, hey, we have our own Pinterest link standard. And it's like, instead of implementing all these different uh, tags into your website, Branch can do it all for you. Cool. And one of the other kind of like on the topic of, of the website of things and browsers and how the users kind of get onboarded into these links. Um, like, I'm kind of curious if there's anything browser specific that you that you need to do on your side to, to handle some of these things. Like on iOS, you know, most people are going to be coming from Safari, but if they're coming from the Gmail app, that's going to open this weird Chrome thing. Like, is and then on Android, you can have the Chrome, the regular Chrome, or maybe the old Android browser, or some wacky Samsung browser, or whatever is shipped on the phone. Like, is there anything that you guys have to do to sort of, you know, break out of those those things or detect there? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually uh, one of the one of the things we did once uh, to take an audit of that is. Uh, you know, we, we made all the combinations of like, is it iOS Chrome? Is it iOS Safari? Is it uh, Android? Um, 
444 running Chrome? Is it Android 444 running the Samsung browser? And we actually mapped out over 6,000 combinations of you know, possible, <laughs> possible uh, possibilities. It's, it's amazing, right? It's, it's, it's just another reason why you don't want to build this yourself because there are 6,000 combinations you have to account for. And it all starts with uh, one thing where we get, and that is the user agent. When anyone clicks the links, once we have the user agent, we're able to route it through basically, and this is kind of you know like this comes from two years of development. This isn't something you build in one weekend, <laughs> you know. We kind of have this way of prioritizing. Okay, well, if it is iOS Chrome, we know that they don't allow client side JavaScript to open the app. They they need something else. If it's iOS Safari we know that they don't allow this method. So we need to use an iframe. And, you know, we have literally all of this mapped out. And of course, it wasn't perfect from the get-go. You know, this took years, or sorry, months of deliberation, our partners reaching out to us to tell us, hey, this doesn't work on this this browser that's very popular in Asia. And like, we would have to download these apps and test it ourselves. And, you know, it's but it's very battle-tested. And it's, it's actually kind of exciting because everyone, every hardware manufacturer, every software manufacturer that makes a browser wants to do things their own way. And we have to respect that. Right. And that, yeah, that definitely goes back to the point that I was mentioning earlier in the show of, you know, once I started looking into what it would take to really build one of these things, I started looking for services that could take that pain away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's that's why that's your uh, business value prop, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You guys focus on, you know, giving the best experience to your app, uh, to your uh, customers, right? Because they're going to be more engaged when they get to their content like that. And we'll focus on getting them there. So we've kind of gone through the the beginning flow. So we said, you know, we get we have a link that a user can click. They can that takes them out to the branch side of things, and that can be routed, say, to iOS or to Android or to a website. Um, what kind of data can you actually include in these links? Like, how does how does data passing work here? It's actually very exciting. I think this is one of the more fun things about deep links. You could include any type of data you want, and you know, for. And it's really how you think of the problem. You know, are you a product manager who wants to create a better user experience for your users in, when they enter the app for the first time, or or do you just want to, uh, I don't know, incentivize referrals or something? It's really up to you. Uh, people in our use cases, I think the most popular ones are like, uh, you know, I refer my friend, uh, and in that deep link, I put my name uh, as the data. And so when that friend opens the deep link and opens the app, it'll say something like, hey, friend, Sahil just invited you to try this app out. So, you know, it's really exciting because you can put any type of data you want. Uh, People like to put names for more personalized touch. People put like the product ID so that way they can get to that product right away when they open the app. Anything really. Does this have any connection to the underlying, um, you know, URL formats or anything like that that you might see on iOS or Android? Or do you have to implement something like some manual parsing of the the branch format, or is there an SDK? Like, how does the con- app consumption side of this work? It's funny you mentioned the uh, you know the URL parsing. That's a uh, for people who implemented deep links without branch. You know, that's one of their big concerns because they have legacy uh, deep links and routing. You can do it that way. I think the more successful way of doing it is going through our SDKs built in. Uh, mechanisms we have we have this dictionary we just passed you to the app developer that contains all the key value pairs i mentioned so uh, for example if i'm going to do this you know 
assuming that I don't have legacy deep links, I'm just going to integrate the branch SDK, and I'm going to get this dictionary passed back to me every time my app launches. And if it contains the key uh, product with the value ID, whatever, I can make that decision uh, through the branch SDK, uh, or I could just use the deep links. But it's more successful, in my opinion, uh, when people just use the dictionary passed back to them uh, through the branch SDK. It just makes for a bit more of a seamless uh, integration from the developer side. So what platforms does the SDK support? I'm guessing probably iOS and Android for sure. Are there any other platforms? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> believe it or not, uh, we support, uh, believe it or not, there's so many other platforms that uh, are out there. We support React Native, Titanium, Xamarin, Unity, really all these Omni platforms that uh, allow you to uh, write once and build everywhere. Uh, so we support those. We also uh, are on these aggregate tool sets. So like Fabric, for example, is uh, one of our uh, tool set partners. Uh, it's in, for people that don't know what Fabric is, it's it's this tool set that allows app developers to, you know, add, add crash reporting, adds deep links through branch, just clicking a few buttons without writing any code, really. This episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun offers leading error and crash reporting to over 30,000 developers around the globe and now offers real user monitoring for both web and mobile apps. Raygun's native mobile support brings deep analytics about how users are engaging with your mobile apps. Raygun platform customers can discover problems affecting their end users automatically, giving developer teams unique insights into the performance of their apps. Raygun offers a free 30-day trial, so get started at raygun.com today and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. So um, now that we've got like our SDK set up, we you know have got branch all installed and ready to go. How do we actually go ahead and like make it a link, a branch link, and use it in our app? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, I mean, the most the most simplest way for an app developer is basically going to do going to uh, create links through the SDK, uh, and then for for the marketer and the product manager, you know, we have a we have a dashboard uh, with some pretty fancy tools. Uh, and, and really, we've designed this with the mind of, you know, marketers and product managers who already have a lot of rich web content. Uh, you can create links through our dashboard or our API. But if you create them through our dashboard, we have some cool, cool features where, uh, you know, let's say you're the chai, for example, and you have, you have, uh, you know, meta tags and OG tags on your websites. You can just t- copy and paste your links and put them into our, our marketing features. And we'll pull out some information for you and create a nicely packaged up link. Um, and so, you know, it'll, it'll auto tag things like, uh, you know, where, where to find people on desktop if they're clicking on desktop and, you know, like what the campaign is and stuff like that. And so how do you handle, like, let's say I've got, you know, content on a web page that maybe my app doesn't quite know how to display, but I've still got branch links. Like how, how do I handle that in my application? That's a good question. It also... I guess it kind of goes back to how you want to imagine the user experience because remember these links are a vehicle to drive higher engagement in your app. Do you feel like uh, you really just want to like show them the article? Like for example, let's let's say we have an article that you know we want people to get to on the mobile app. Do you really just want to show them the article right away, or do you want to say do you want to acknowledge that they came from this deep link and then perhaps show them the article after they type uh, tap a button or uh, you know, really, it's 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 interesting because it's kind of up to you as the experienced designer. Uh, we'll give you the data, and you know, it's up to you to say, okay, maybe I, 
show a preview of the article or I show the whole article or I say, hey, you have this article. Do you want to save it for later? Or, you know, it, it's fun. It's kind of like a, pro, a playground. Right. And you mentioned the, the API being... Um you being able to use the API to, to create links and that sort of thing. And that's, that's definitely where, where the, my interests get piqued. Cause I, you know, I tend to want to build lots of tooling and bigger systems on top of a lot of this. So, so I'm curious, like how far that API extends as to like your functionality, like in addition to creating say like links under an existing app, can you also use the API to create different apps and, and everything else in that flow as well? Yeah, exactly. And I totally agree with you. I Whenever I see that you know company I'm using, they have an API, I get really excited because I think one of the most fun things to do is just build my own stuff on top of another company's uh, open API. I, I think it's really fun and you can make some really cool workflows. Uh, you know, our API allows you know for link creation, link updating, uh, creating apps on the dashboard. Uh, we can also support this concept of... Um, events and referrals so you know if uh, you know deep linking to content is very important but because our links tell you where a user came from we can also say uh, you know uh, use the api to reward someone for example 500 credits if i share a branch link to my friend and my friend clicks the link installs and opens the app you can do that through the API. You can also do it through the SDK, but it's a little cleaner doing it through the API because it gives you a lot more flexibility. And what some people are doing on our platform is they're building very, very exciting workflows where uh, they do something like you know create a link programmatically and set up a rule that uh, on this date, you know, if if people uh, click this link and install, give them you know uh, points, and this promotion is only going to run for a day. And they have all this flexibility. Through our API, they never have to even go to our dashboard. They can just do it from from their own from their own servers at will. And, and so, do the links have to be like a, a constant value, or can I have like a, a concept of dynamic links where, say, I you know the link is always the same, but the product ID portion of the URL changes? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we we support that as well. We have the the static links. We also have the dynamic links where someone can just keep appending query parameters or you know, any, any arbitrary value on the link itself. Uh, and assuming that it, it, it makes a valid URL, you can basically put any data. And, and, you know, that's also really important because, you know, some people don't necessarily want to go through the UI or go through the API. They, they want the flexibility of just taking a base link and then appending data at will for their own use cases. And you mentioned before about being able to set up different rules that that kind of govern what happens or how a user gets routed and stuff. And, and I'm wondering if you have any sort of built-in sort of maybe like A-B testing kind of thing where you could say send some percentage of users one way, some percentage the other way, and have some way of sort of tying that together and seeing effectiveness or anything like that. Very, very good point. Uh, we uh, So we actually, funnily enough, we have this product called Journeys, uh, it's the journey from someone clicking on mobile web and eventually finding their way into the, into your app. Uh, and it does exactly that, basically. It allows you to say, all right, well, maybe 50% of the time, let's show a user this experience on mobile web, and 50% of the time, show a user this experience on mobile web. And, and we haven't gotten to the point where we can incentivize that yet using our referral technology. But, uh, you know, it's still the, the concept of driving people from web to app through deep links shows higher engagement. And so it was very natural for us to say, let's come out with this product that 
you know, allows users who already have such a rich mobile web experience to upsell them and bring them into the app through a branch deep link uh, and then give them a better experience. You know, uh, for example, you can imagine uh, someone like who, who has a great mobile web property for uh, shoes. You know, they want people to actually go into the app because they convert higher and purchase more. If I'm searching for red shoes on Google and I land on this site's, uh, this site's page from Google Mobile Web, maybe I can be presented a banner that says, do 50% uh, 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 off this red shoe. And then maybe the next time I come, that's 75% off for the shoes or whatever. A very contrived example, but <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's this organic uh, install that Journeys does. And, and you, know, you don't have to spend money on this because you already have a mobile website. It's low CPI, low cost per install. You just need to put up a banner and you're suddenly getting more quality users to use these deep links. Right, right. Yeah, that's definitely where it gets pretty powerful for sure. Um, and, and one thing I realized that we didn't kind of cover earlier when talking about these links is um, I'm curious if, if you have any ability to allow us to use, say, custom domains for these links, or did they have to be basically a branch IO link that the user ends up seeing? That's a very important point because branding is very important. Uh, we do have the support for custom domains. Uh, we also have a domain reserved uh, called app.link. So, you know, we've seen both. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty nifty, right? Uh, we've, so we see both. Uh, some people want to do their own subdomain or their own top-level domain. They'll, they'll, pur they'll purchase a, um, a four-letter domain and just use a top-level domain, or they'll have a subdomain on their existing, uh, existing domain. Uh, and then some other people don't care so much, and they'll just use our uh, subdomain of app.link. It's really both, both are valid strategies, in my opinion. So now that we've got all this data being collected, do you have any tooling to help us sort through all of the analytics that you're collecting? Yes, in fact, our, our dashboard, uh, we've actually spent a lot of time thinking about this in kind of the last three, six months in, term, in terms of product development. Uh, our dashboard allows, it captures all this data, uh, basically telling you who your users are, where are they clicking from, and when they go on to install the app, what events are they doing inside your app? So we have two reporting suites on our dashboard. One that shows, you know, what is Facebook more popular than Twitter, or you know, really the, the breakdown of where are more most of your users coming from. And then the other set of uh, reporting suites uh, that we have shows what's the most popular content that your users are engaging with. And I think this is also pretty important. You know, when you're when you're thinking about the growth of your app. Uh, you know, branches, deep links are mapping out all the content in your app. And so this reporting suite basically maps out, okay, well, you know, you have five articles that were posted last week and article number three was engaged with the most through deep links versus article one, two, and three, or one, two, and four. So uh, two, we have uh, that type of reporting and then we have the standard reporting of attribution of where, where users are coming from. And is there, what kind of uh, ability is there to, to say, take that data and export it out either do, so I could do custom reporting or is there any sort of webhook ability where I can kind of tie together a bunch of different services based on these, this data? Yeah, we actually have both. So uh, it's, I'm glad you mentioned webhooks because we found that a lot of people build on top of webhooks. They really want to know anytime someone purchases or installs from a branch link or, or whatever, they just, want, they just want to collect all that data. We also have a daily export that allows you to um, ingest CSV, uh, ingest through a CSV all the links created, all the clicks on those links, and all the in-app events you're doing. So 
you know, both both have their merits. Both are tools that are uh, allow you to build different things. Um, and we've we've seen some pretty cool stuff built. What kind of tools have you seen people sort of integrate with? Like if like say take the webhook and and push that out to to something else. Like, is there any any sort of interesting scenarios you've seen people unlock there? Yeah, actually, uh, interestingly enough, I think uh, one of the one of the really powerful tools is, and and I think it's easier to do this today. But uh, imagine someone uh, set up a webhook for an install event that came from a branch link. Uh, so, like, let's say I referred you. I'm, I'm in I'm in my own video game app, and I, I referred you, Greg. As the app developer, I want to know when that happened. When when I referred you and you installed, so I get a webhook that that you installed, and so what people have done is they've said, okay, when I receive this webhook, let me send out a push notification to Sahil saying, hey, your buddy Greg just downloaded, uh, tap this notification to start challenging him to a game or something. It's actually pretty fun because you know it drives engagement. It lets you know in real time that someone actually installed from your app and you're back into the app. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, they, yeah, just the ability to sort of tie together all these different things is is where it gets super super interesting. Um, how long is like so the the analytics data and all the reporting and stuff that you're providing? How long are you actually keeping that around on your side? Uh, in terms of collection, we have the ability to export up to ninety days, so three months uh, where the data is available to you. Uh, and it's possible to get data further back. It's just, it's not so easy. The people that tend to export the data, they, they'll get it daily or they'll get it, you know, weekly or something. So we haven't run into too many scenarios there, but it is available for uh, 90 days, generally. It just means it's harder for, you guys are offloading it somewhere, so it takes a lot more developer effort to go fetch it. Yeah, Exactly right. right. <laughs> <laughs> what is the pricing model? Like, that's always a popular question when we're talking about other services. We cover the awesome stuff first and then get to pricing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, people always, you know, it's, it's a good question to ask. Uh, so let me start with a little bit of a story. Our founders were actually app developers themselves. And, you know, they ran into these problems where they were like, okay, we built this great app, built this great experience, but we need growth. We need people to engage with the app more. And that's how Branch was built. And so their fundamental vision is that the tools I talked to you about today, except for the tool called Journeys, all the tools I talked to you about today are actually free. So if, if you want to create deep links, if you want to have this link that works everywhere on all these platforms, and if you want to drive people into your app that are more engaged, uh, the SDK is free, creating links is free, using our dashboard, webhooks, analytics, referrals, all that is free. The thing that we fundamentally believe is that your app content is really, really valuable, and more people should be exposed to it so you know we have a long-term vision uh, that involves app content being discovered uh, and the way we're monetizing today is through some premium products as i mentioned to you guys earlier uh, this journeys product which allows you to a b test your uh, mobile web property um, to drive installs it it is a premium product uh, we also have uh, a couple other products that relate to ads and to emails uh, that uh, allow marketers to basically use branch links in certain areas, uh, you know, that make uh, uh, through Jeep links basically, and uh, kind of make a nice product experience around that. So that's how we're monetizing today. So if I was just doing deep links, no matter how many times I sent out links, no matter how many times a user clicks on them, no matter how many apps I have and you know set up within branch, 
all of that is is still totally free. Exactly right. It's a uh, it's a bit daunting, but it's totally free. <laughs> Well, it's pretty good for our side. That was a lot of stuff. Like, did we do we miss anything along the way? Like, is there any you know any big feature that you guys have that we we didn't cover? Um, like, is there anything like really cool coming down the line for Branch that we should talk about? Good question. Um, I think in general, I think we did a good job covering really the spectrum of tool sets that uh, are are available to app developers. I think the most exciting thing coming down the road uh, is just the fact that you know. Our, our vision is, you know, we have partners, you know, we don't have customers, we have partners, uh, and, and we choose them, we choose to call them that because uh, our partner's app success is our success, you know, we, we're not really in it, uh, you know, to make money off partners, it's, it's really, if our partner's apps are growing, we're growing. So, uh, this whole concept that you can expect coming down the road with Branch is this idea of cross-channel growth. You know, you've seen success of Branch in... Uh, Facebook posts, Twitter, but there's a whole world out there, you know, in terms of digital. There's, you know, every single channel possible where the app developers can put branch links. And, you know, we really want to be there. We want to be in social, email, uh, all these different verticals. Uh, and branch links should be there because they will let app developers get more engaged users, more deep link users, better overall, overall retention. And that success is our success. success. So, you know, coming down the road, You'll try to you'll see branch links, just you know, everywhere hopefully, and it'll drive growth for all of our app developers. So we have a lot of um, Xamarin developers in our audience, .NET developers. Um, how do they go and get started today with Branch? Oh, that's awesome. We uh, we have a, a revamped and beefed up Xamarin SDK available on GitHub. Uh, they should start there, read the documentation, uh, and let us know if they had any difficulties integrating. Uh, we have an awesome integrations team that responds to questions in under two hours um start there sign up for our account on the dashboard play around with it uh, it's 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 a ton of fun designing these great user experiences where you bring people into the app and they know ex- or, and you can take them to exactly what they needed or you can surprise them by you know telling them who referred them and all that stuff uh, I, I will say too i was browsing around on your website and you know we, we see a lot of different integrations with other services uh, for xamarin and one of the things that made me really happy to see was in the, the sample bit of code, there was an await, uh, you know, to an async call. And I, I don't know how much you know about Donna development, but that kind of shows that you guys are actually, you know, paying attention to, to the specifics of, of Xamarin. And it just uh, made me happy to see. So thank you. <laughs> that's awesome to hear. I'll be, I'll be sure to convey that feedback back because, uh, yeah, that's definitely really important. Right. And it also means that you guys, yeah, you spent the time to design a real net thing instead of just creating like a, a shaky binding to the the objective c thing or something so <laughs> i definitely appreciate it awesome awesome cool well sahil thanks so much for for chatting through all this likewise greg and john it's, it's been a pleasure I, I think this was a really great conversation awesome and thanks as always for everyone for tuning in and we'll, we'll see you next time on gone mobile <laughs>